and welcome to the Business Success Show, and you are in for a treat. Stay tuned in. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love, like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity? So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Business Success Show with your host, the business coach, Mac Actram. And today I'm excited because we are speaking to Corey Minkus, Rock Your Product. And we're going to be having some uh, amazing discussions here. So I'm really excited about this. Now, for a welcome, uh, by the way, Corey, welcome. Thank you for jumping onto the Business Success Show here. Thank you so much, Mac. I, it's an honor to be here, and I look forward to spending some time with you. All right. I'm excited, just as you. Now, for those who don't know Corey, Corey Minkus is an, is an advocate for entrepreneurs and growth expert for businesses specifically. Uh, she is the CEO and founder of Rock Your Product, the number one global product business advisory growth training company. And let me say this, as a 30-year-old Fortune 500 consumer products thought leader, global brand strategist, international speaker, and number one best-selling author. She provides sequential clarity and results for small for business owners. She has been featured not only in the USA Today, Success Magazine, Forbes, Vanity Fair, CNBC, and I could go on and the end the show will be ending. So let's let me cut it there. Let's go to the expert that is Corey. Corey, how did you get into entrepreneurialism. How, what was your entrepreneur journey? Mac, it's so fun to ask people that question, right? Because there is always such a journey behind everyone's, everyone's pathway. So my journey started in corporate and I was a corporate warrior for 25 years and extremely honored to spend that time investing in the corporate experience so that in return, I can grow and learn and really gain acumen that was so unique to working in a corporate environment. And so I'm honored to have done that. And it was it was towards the end of my, my career in corporate that I started getting antsy. I really just got antsy. And I said, mm-hmm. what is it that I'm going to do next? You know, most of us that are type A personalities, um, you know, moving through the journey of life, realizing there's so much that we get to collect through that experience of life. How do we actually get ourselves <clears throat> to feel like we're at maximum capacity of everything we want to learn and grow in? So I had decided after 25 years in corporate to go back to get my MBA. Oh, and I was wow. looking at executive MBA programs. <clears throat> I live in Chicago, so there's so many opportunities around here between Chicago Booth and there's the Notre mm-hmm. Dame program and Northwestern. Not that I'm plugging all these programs, but they're all amazing. Um, and they're an investment of between two hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just for the executive program. Started applying, getting accepted, looking at the places. And then, of course, the commitment of two two and a half years to do that. And while I was going through that process, I had someone come to me and say, "Have you considered going from the boardroom and speaking in the boardroom to speaking on stage?" And I said, "Well, no, I hadn't really considered that since I don't have a background in that specifically." So I was invited to start speaking globally on the areas of business development that I knew best, right? Everything from sales to marketing to operations. 
And I spent about three and a half years traveling the globe. I would be in about 32 different countries in a year and uh, just stop home to change outfits and uh, see my family who I love and then uh, run back out of town. And it was incredible speaking with some of the, the biggest business innovators on the planet, as well as, of course, a lot of the motivational speakers, you know, the Tony Robbins of the world, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Nichols, things like that. Mm. And it was amazing. Kevin Harrington, Les Brown, who I absolutely adore and love and spent a lot of time on the road with. And I learned so much through that entire process. Not only, you know, entrepreneurship is an amazingly complex and beautiful journey of self-discovery and growth, right? And so who I ended up speaking to was really entrepreneurs who were looking to get tailored support to elevate their experience of their business. And so through that process, I not only helped service-based businesses, but because of my 25 years in consumer products, I had a lot of people coming to me saying, please teach us what we need to do to take our products and scale them in the marketplace. And so I designed a system, it's about five years ago now, called Rock Your Product that allows clients to walk through the process of scaling and growing and making a brand that is sustainable, but also uh, they can exit out of at some point. And so it's been a really fun process. And then I got to work with service providers around the world who not only wanted to enhance their service businesses, but also wanted to launch physical products as a means of an additional revenue source or channel of distribution to impacting their current network or customers. And so it's been a really robust journey. I've been on it for five and a half years not traveling around the world so much anymore, but doing much more virtually as we all are. So that's kind of my journey to entrepreneurship. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you for some summarizing that in uh, in just a few minutes as opposed to many years. So rich wealth of experience. And uh, one thing you didn't mention are some of the brands that you have negotiated with or sold to or invested in. And, and I've heard, you know, names like, well, maybe jump in Unilever and which, which yes, yes, yes. So uh, certainly, I mean, there's, you know, some are micro brands that really, you know, people may or may not know of. And yeah. some are, um, you know, 500 to a million dollars, uh, I'm sorry, 500 million to a billion dollar brands that people still haven't heard of, because there's a lot right. of those in the market. And then there's those that people have heard of. Of course, I've worked with all of the major retailers in the world. So the Target's the Walmarts, the Amazons, the Costco's in the world. Um, I've worked with brands like P&G, Johnson & Johnson, Reckitt Benkeiser, L'Oreal. And uh, of course, many of those people do know, you know, Unilever and 3M. And then there's a lot of smaller brands like Narcisa Ferez, which is a company out of Hong Kong, and um, Ashley Black, which is, uh, they're out of Houston, but located in Costa Rica now and building manufacturing there. And, you know, um, Leggett and Platt Company, which is um, mm. one of the largest interspring companies in the world. So a lot of brands that, you know, people may or may not recognize the name of. Um, I've even worked with, done some work with Fresenius Cobby, which is a billion dollar medical firm, um, just recently did um, another big stint with Johnson & Johnson. So, you know, there's, there's this constant evolution of working with um, micro brands. And I have some companies that are just pre-revenue and just starting to launch and build their brands. Wow. Okay. So the, the, the trajectory of working with companies for me, which has been beautiful and even throughout my career, I worked with companies that I was able to have a very vertically integrated experience within those companies. So I was able to be involved and impact so many different areas in those companies 
which really has allowed me to be such a strong advisor for entrepreneurs today, because I understand the intricacies of how each of the processes that we need to put into our companies and our businesses work, right. intertwine with each other to create the success that you're looking to create. Fantastic. Well, great wealth of experience there. So let me bring it to uh, the small business entrepreneurial level where a lot of our listeners are listening in and you've worked with all, all sizes of business, so which is fantastic. So imagine we have someone listening in thinking, well, uh, I'm a small company. I've got this number of staff. I'm trying to grow. The question I have for you, Corey, is often large businesses, there is no face to the company. And some some challenges for small businesses that people are buying me. No, they they buy me. They're referring me. When someone wants to scale, but the whole business is focused on them, what? And they they ask you for advice, and you're going to consult with them. What are some of the changes that you recommend or change in order for them to scale ten times, hundred times, thousand times, without them being the person that all the clients are asking for? Interesting. So you're asking me the question as to how do entrepreneurs actually take on a different role within the company where they don't have to be the one that's answering all the questions, um, you know, being the one that's being the forefront of the sales initiatives. So, Especially because they have made up their mind that their business is them. And so if that that's a trap to scaling, right? So yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, great, great question, Mac, and so true, right? We often think that we are the only one that can make those decisions. And oftentimes, particularly when you're an entrepreneur, you're starting your business out of this deep, rich passion for something that you have internally. In fact, the book I launched last year that became a bestseller was specifically talking about passion and purpose and how it really fuels everything that we do in life. And the the experience that happens with entrepreneurship is we get we take everything so personal. Right. right. We create this experience where we're launching the ideas, we're creating the concepts, we're setting up the systems and we're doing everything. And it, it by nature just becomes such a personal process. And we feel so personally connected. It's hard for us to relinquish the power and the idea of bringing others in to help us to capitalize on and grow. And I, I always say it takes a village to do anything, whether it's raising children, being a good spouse, or running a good company, you really can't do any of it on your own. And you shouldn't. I mean, I say people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. And people who recognize that concept, allow them to quickly align with the right people to allow them to grow and expand their businesses. Now, oftentimes, and I deal with this a lot with my clients. In fact, I have a client, we do, uh, they do about 30 million dollars of revenue a year in their products and we are just expanding one of their divisions of their companies to be able to better service a new distribution channel that we're launching sure. um, already just received our first half a million dollar order so cheers wow. to them for that and we're building out the team right and so there's this experience of how do we take the priorities and divide them out to understand the relationship with the people that we're bringing in to support the company growth. And here's the biggest transition or the biggest piece that I tend to work on with entrepreneurs to help them to get there. And that is for them to start to understand that they're no longer the engine of the company, 
right? The engine of the company, but they have to become the leader of the company. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So big transition, right? Because they think that they have to, you know, be the one kind of like pedaling the treadmill, but actually what they need to do is they need to learn how to coach people to pedal that treadmill. Yeah. And in any way that you hire people or bring people into your system, whether it's you're actually hiring somebody full-time, you're bringing in consultants or advisors, which I highly recommend within organizations, whether you bring in a board of advisors, which I also highly recommend as companies scale and grow. And, and then looking at the idea of bringing in partners. There are so many amazing partners that can help you to grow and expand your business. But the role in all of those relationships the smoking gun to creating that experience and that success is to understand what true leadership really means. And that is something that most entrepreneurs, even if we don't become entrepreneurs because we want to be leaders, we, we don't innately think that through, but yeah. the concept of thought leadership and conscious leadership has to become part of your vocabulary and your understanding. Otherwise you will trap yourself as you mentioned into thinking that you either have to be a solopreneur or you have to make all of the decisions on behalf of your organization organization or do everything yourself, create every sale, create every marketing campaign, do everything that you're doing all on your own and be responsible for it instead of leveraging the mm -hmm. talents yeah. of so many people around you. And so hopefully that answers your question, but right. it really is, is going from being the engine to being a thought leader. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely, absolutely nailed it there. And then, you know, and then towards the end, you met, you said the word leveraging other people's talents i mean isn't that so true because other than that you're just going to head out to burnout and never have a vacation never have a break because you're not leveraging other people and often what i found corey having been an entrepreneur for over 22 years two decades is that in some aspects they will do the job better than you if you hire the right person they'll do it better and saves you a lot of time and energy and uh heartache and headache as well so Corey the um how has personal and business brands evolved over so many years and how does one define their brand ethos because essentially ultimately that's what customers are buying so I think that's a great question and so I'm going to maybe take two approaches on that. Sure. So I, I am a huge believer in building your personal brand, whether you are a corporate warrior or whether you're an entrepreneur or looking to be that thought leader in an industry. And um, I, I currently work with a, a doctor. I'll give you an example. He's a chiropractor. He's been in practice for 30 years, launched a product uh, about three years ago. I met them about I met them about 18 months ago. We're now getting on our second year of contractual relationships and working together um, he was just telling me the other day, you know, in the first year together, we not only increased his margin by 22%, but we increased his overall sales by 25%. Nice. And now we've got new partnerships and divisions of the business that we're growing. But one of the things that I really had to push him to do, and this guy is he, amazing. I, I love this client of mine. He, he, he's an amazingly articulate, um, uh, great communicator as a, as a doctor, he's a chiropractor. And what I, what I really appreciate about him is that he is, um, he's shamelessly, wonderfully okay on film and camera and loves doing interviews and, you know, and, and loves, uh, he's got over a hundred videos on YouTube. Wow. So he's open into communicating, but what he realized or what I helped him realize was that in become, in order to become a brand, you have to actually start more in a smaller inner circle. Let's talk about it this way. 
What I mean by that is you need to become the industry leader within your industry. Mm-hmm. And we're so prone to want to be a, a brand with our customers or be a brand with um, within the, the business-to-business relationships that we're creating. But actually, if you could create that personal brand within the industry that you're representing, so to other industry leaders, within industry associations, within trade shows and conferences, and start to establish yourself as a thought leader within the bigger, greater industry and not just directly to the consumers, it actually establishes more authority in your brand than you can do on your own. So I would say that's that's my first response and hack I would recommend to to the entrepreneurs who are listening today. And the second thing I would say is building your professional network, and this kind of ties in to each other, because building relationships is one of the most important things that we can do on our business. Mm. And finding and identifying where those relationships are going to give you the most meaning is not always easy. Okay. Everyone says, well, you know, where should I spend my time? Well, we all know that, you know, time is money and uh, we certainly want to have effective use of our investment around what we're doing to build our business. But it is so important to understand where those commonalities and connection points can occur and really thinking about how you're going to invest into those relationships. I will tell you that most business partnerships or relationships can take between 18 months and two years to actually start to feed your business, which means just like planting seeds to Mm. grow your garden, we have to plant those seeds continually to create the experience of growth for our business. And most of the time, entrepreneurs are just like consumers. We want immediate results, right? We want to buy the ad on Facebook and we want to see the response. We want to see the orders coming in. We want to see the sales conversions. That's the typical consumer's mentality and entrepreneurs are just as well consumers as anybody else. But it's the plodding along and taking the time to really invest in those experiences that allow you to be able to actually sustainably grow your business sustainably grow your business. And that is a differentiator for entrepreneurs where I see they create real success. Right. So don't think short term, but think, hey, we are doing this over a long term. Sow the seeds now, build those relationships, build those rapport, make sure they know you're going to be there for the long term. And when it when that tap opens, it will start flooding because you've spent that time to build those. I love that. That's fantastic. Great share. Hey, I read, um, Corey, about you had a, um, in terms of your own personal journey, you had some kind of learning disability, but I can't remember, I can't remember what it was. What was the learning disability? Because you're doing awesome stuff, right? And you are working with these global brands all over the world and small businesses, and you're making a change. What was the disability you had? And did it impair you in any way? I mean, did it hold you back or have you used it to, to, more as a strength than anything else. What's happened? Tell me the story. Yeah, great question, Mac. So I grew up in this highly academic home and really supportive. Um, I had very grounded parents who were very traditional, you know, education, family, loyalty, hard work, you know, all the things that are really important. Um, My parents also taught me and empowered me to learn from my peers, ask good questions, be curious, and be committed really to our personal best. 
And um, we continue to be, I, I continue to be today a consummate learner. So are my brothers, right? We constantly love to, to learn our journey. My, my, my little brother in business and my older brother, who's a, who's a surgeon. And um, we understood the importance of those things. So when I was just eight years old, my confidence was greatly shattered when I started to have challenges and they define them as learning challenges or learning disabilities in my academic environment. And so I began to have these standardized tests that were done to help the educators identify how, how I wasn't performing at what they thought was, um, you know, academically where I should have been at. And as my dear parents always made sure we had the best testing and the best education and the best support system. And, it, and it's, it's not that I, I grew up in an overly wealthy home. It was that I grew up in a home that was very practical around using the education system to increase our ability to create impact in the world. So when the results were in, when the results were in and the administrators and the teachers gathered together at my elementary school, they called a meeting with my parents and myself to discuss the findings of this test. And at the meeting, I was told by the educators that they identified learning challenges and that the reality of the circumstances was that my academic prowess would very likely be limited and that I should lower my expectations of what I could accomplish academically in my life. In fact, they went on to tell me (laughs) that I would have a challenging time finishing high school and that likely I would never make it successfully through college. My goodness. So this was clearly a devastating an embarrassing experience for me and my parents who had these incredible aspirations for me at eight years old and that I had for myself. So at a very ripe age of eight, I had to make some choices in my life. Now, either I could let someone else's very limiting beliefs dictate my future of what was possible for me to achieve or I could hold myself accountable and create the outcomes I knew were fully possible in my life. So with the loving support of my family by my side, and of course the inner desire for me to be my personal best, I decided at a very young age that my life was going to be unstoppable. And I would seek every opportunity to work with the best mentors, the best coaches, the best educators, advisors, to create the systems and tools that I could use to thrive. And so not only did I go on to become a competitive figure skater for 22 years, I was a a high profile athlete, um, worked with mental trainers and, and I was a figure skater. So skating experts and dance coaches. And as an athlete, I realized the importance of being challenged Mm. and being pushed outside your comfort zone in all areas of your life to achieve growth. And let me tell you, jumping 16 inches off of the ice on a blade is not an easy task. And when I fell, I fell really hard on very cold ice. And so it wasn't always easy to get back up and do it again. But I learned that if I wanted to be a high performing athlete, then I needed to do that for myself and take that self accountability. And uh, yeah, it was quite a journey. I, I love that story. And because where I'm going with that now is saying, okay, 
you've worked with all these businesses, you might you must have seen some commonalities. How can one take their adversities and their challenges and then the, the, the naysayers and the people who will not support them? And although they may have a big dream, what can they do as an entrepreneur to really tap into that or change that? What are the keys or the steps or some of the elements they will need to employ in order to achieve the dreams that they have, regardless of what challenges or adversities they've had? Yeah, great, great question, Mac. And, you know, and we all come with stories, right? We all have these amazing backgrounds of, of triumph. And, and, and I'd love to hear yours sometime, Mac, and, and hear yeah. your story, because I'm sure there's an amazing journey there as well. And so the good news is we all have something, right? Mm. And, and then I always like to say to people, we always have our weaknesses and we, and, or I call them opportunities or challenges. And the, the journey really starts with how do we actually optimize our strengths? So instead of looking at our weaknesses or those things that we may not be as optimized in, in our life, how do we start with our strengths? Like, let's flip that on its head. And as people, we tend to be very critical of ourselves we know our weaknesses really well. Very well, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we don't honor, identify, become aware, and understand our strengths. Okay. And there is so much capacity in each of us as human beings if we learn to capitalize on what we're good at. Mm. And then, of course, the secondary piece of that is as entrepreneurs, it becomes our responsibility. In fact, I was just having this conversation. I have a 22-year-old son. Oh, wow. And um, I hope he doesn't mind I'm talking about him, but <laughs> he's, going through this, he's going through this challenging transition. And as a parent, he's my oldest, I was thinking through this transition with him. And the transition is, okay, so you went to school all these years, you graduate from school, you get a corporate job, you're constantly being told, you have parents, What's you know, you're constantly being told what to do. You're constantly being told what to achieve, um, you know, what you need to do next, <laughs> what you need to do to accomplish something. Um, you know, here's the project, get it done from start to finish. And when you become an entrepreneur, in some ways, that transition between college and getting a job is somewhat of an entrepreneurial mindset, which is you have to figure out the sequence of events that keep you focused and impact driven. Mm. And and oftentimes entrepreneurs, because they can be distracted in their own weaknesses or opportunities or the negative things that happen in our life, they lose the focus around creating the sequence of events that's important for them to actually create the outcomes that they desire to create. Mm. And so one of the things I work with my clients on and I'm kind of known for in the, in the system and the process is helping them to understand the steps in which they need to be taking so that they can eliminate the noise and keep focused on the things that are going to progressively move them forward. Now, I'm not going to tell you that's easy to do. And nor am I going to tell you that all of my clients are able to do it easily. <laughs> it is, it is like, it's, it's like a muscle. It's an exercise. It's a practice. Yeah. And I highly advise anyone that's listening that is an entrepreneur to seek out and find the right advisor, coach, mentor, whatever it is that you need in your life to continually to have the right person. And I don't mean people because sometimes we can get very distracted by a lot of people telling us what to do or how to do it. 
But to be able to be in a defined circumstance where we can logically, strategically, and customize, this is very important, customize what is it that you need to be doing to keep your business moving forward. You know, there's a lot of standardized programming out there. In fact, when I left corporate and I was speaking around the world, we did a lot of group coaching programs. And look, for me, they're fantastic, right? As the coach, because we make more income, right? The more people we have in the group, the more we can leverage our time. I get it. But for me, intellectually, and one of the reasons why I've gone back to a private practice, kind of my years in corporate was, I think the strategic component of growth of the business through those sequence of events is such a critical marker in creating success that I wanted to create real outcomes for people. And so I've been incredibly blessed just over the last couple of years. I've worked with over 100 clients privately one-on-one, and some of them renew two and three years with me. Some of them I end up on their boards and invested in their companies, but they recognize that that's, that true strategic ability to sequence what they need in their business to create the outcomes and success they want far outpasses the processing of all the information that can just be delivered to us unknowingly, which could cause confusion, right? You, so you, it's been a, a really beautiful process. Now, you, 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 you summed that up very, very well in the sense that there is so much, you know, when you said noise, the word that came to me was distractions. There are so many distractions. One guru says this. One expert says this. YouTube says this. Instagram says this. I'm scared. And unless they have the sequential steps, which you have, to take them from one end to the other, and, of, you know, not that they're not going to make mistakes. Mistakes will always come. Not that everything is straightforward, but we it's a learning process. But you are there holding their hand step by step, ensuring they implement it and stay on that path or that route, as you say in Chicago. <laughs> we say roots here. So the um, so I get it. Excellent. Listen, Corey, how do how do um, someone want to get hold of you or connect with you or learn from you? What's the best and easiest way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I always say I'm the kind of person that I say, yeah, if you really want to get hold of me pick up the phone and call me. I mean, I'm old enough <laughs> to say that we don't need to go through all these, you know, levels of, you know, digital media to just get a hold of somebody. Um, I'm happy to give you my cell phone number, which is 847-567-7790. I'm in the US, so that'd be very code uh, 1-847-567-7790. I always leave that out to people because I really think, Mac, if you're really ready, you're ready to move your business forward, don't wait don't wait. But if you want to email me, certainly you can email me at Corey at rockyourproduct.com. You can certainly also check me out on www.rockyourproduct.com, uh, my website. And you can find me on Instagram at Corey Minkus Trevino, which is my married last name. Okay. And uh, you can get me there as well. So all kinds of way to connect with me, uh, anything that you want to do. Um, I certainly have a customer service team as well. But I'd rather just, if you're ready to move your business forward, reach out to me directly and let's figure out what's right for you. Superb. You heard from Corey Minkus and Mac Atrum here at the Business Success Show. Remember to subscribe if you're not already. Follow and also make comments and like this particular show. Make comments so we know what you got out of it, what questions you have, and we'll take it from there. So check out Corey uh, on the details she said, the phone number she said, and the email address. 
or go straight to the website. So, Corey, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for jumping on. Thank you for sharing so much valuable golden nuggets with us here. Until we speak again, thank you. Thank you. You're most welcome. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Bye for now. Take care.